Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Shred's Takes. I'm Mike Shredder, your host for this podcast. And I really appreciate you guys tuning back in. And you know, it's been a while since I've been on this podcast. You know, and I'm really excited to come back and talk about some college hoops. I think this is the podcast where I'm going to try and dissect a little bit more about college hoops. We're going to kind of break down a few Every games. Every day feels uh, like another broken memory, drinking beer. To explain the point of why I think these certain teams are very dangerous when it comes to tournament time. But as always, if you're new to the channel, make sure to hit the subscribe button um, on YouTube and to subscribe to more videos that I and episodes I post out on YouTube. Also, make sure to check me out and check this podcast out on Spotify and Apple Podcasts if you want the latest episodes from there. So again, it's under Shred's Takes. Now let's get to the content, right? Today's going to be a college basketball-focused podcast, and I'm really excited to talk about it. I, I, I'm trying to shift my basketball analysis more toward college basketball And I think college basketball is very interesting this year. I don't think there's a clear-cut favorite to win a national championship, primarily because I think a lot of teams are flawed um, in in a lot of different ways. But there there are a few games I want to talk about from this weekend. Primarily, the first one I want to talk about is the Marquette-St. John's game and why I believe that has shown me that Marquette is a very sound, really good offensive basketball team and why I think they're ultimately incredibly dangerous come tournament time. So to give you guys a little context, Marquette just won the regular season title for um, from the Big East, sorry, for the Big East, and they ended with a 17-3 Big East record. And look, they're they're a team that has a lot of strengths, especially offensively. And and the thing I'm going to say about them, based on the fact is, look, they they won comfortably by two games in the Big East Conference, but they have a very, very tough team to stop from an offensive standpoint. And if you want to look at their, their roster, you got Cam Jones, 15.3 points a game. You got Tyler Kolick, 12.7 points a game. You got Oliver McKenzie Prosper, 12.5 points a game. Also, Igadaro, 11.9 points a game. David Joplin, 9.2. Stevie Mitchell, 7.2, right? And all these guys, except for Igadaro, all shoot basically around mid-30s to high-30s from three. As a team, they shoot 35% from three. They shoot 71% from the line. And they're a team that averages 18 assists a game with only eleven, a little less than 11 turnovers. Now, why do I think they're, they could be a dangerous team? It all boils down to Tyler, Tyler Kolick, who I think will be the Big East player of the year. What makes him special, and I think what makes Marquette's offense special, is how diverse and versatile their offense really is. They're a team that runs a lot of a lot of simple stuff in transition. They, 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 they know how to beat zones. They know how to beat you and man. The one thing they do very, very well is they know how to play off ball screens. They know how to play five out or four out one in because Iguodaro is a very good big one, fl- you know, flying to the rim, getting lobs, dump offs. You know, you can occasionally, you know, you know post up, but not, that's not really what he does ex- ex- exceptionally well. But the fact thing is Jones and Kolick make this offense go, especially Kolick. His ability to get downhill, his ability to facilitate, their ability to, to, to you know be able to drive, kick, and then make that one extra pass is what makes him so dangerous. And Kolick is the forefront of that, right? He is one of the best point guards in college basketball, and he has made a giant jump from his George Mason days as a freshman. He was very he was good last year. This year he's taking a big step. 
And the big reason why I think Marquette's dangerous is because their offense is that good. They're very versatile. They're very quick offensively. They know how to make the extra pass. They're all capable of taking you to the basket, all capable of shooting it. And they have some depth off their bench offensively. And look, the Big East in, it, it has been, in my opinion, the second best conference in college basketball this year in terms of where teams are ranked and, and I would say the strength of the conference, right? You look at the, the, the Big Ten. The Big Ten has been good this year. There's going to be a bunch of teams that make it. But unfortunately, I would say it's down compared to the years like of years past, right? You look at the ACC, down compared to years past, significantly down. I mean, you've seen the rise of Pitt. You've seen Duke starting to play better basketball. But you've seen, you know, North Carolina really hit a nosedive, in my opinion. No, I don't think they're going to make the tournament. But sidetrack that, Marquette is a team I believe will get to the Final Four because they have a very important formula, I think, for getting there. They can get themselves out of tough holes because their offense is that efficient. Right now you're saying, okay, what happens when the team shut it down? The issue is it's very hard to shut down a team that consistently moves the ball and has four guys that can take you off the bounce. That's what makes it difficult for a team to, to beat Marquette because of their ability to facilitate the ability to make the one extra pass, their ability to play in transition and in the half court with pace. I think that is something that, that people don't always look at when you're watching basketball be played. And you watch them play, right? It's a, it's a lot of simple actions. It's nothing crazy. It's nothing like they're running with these like extravagant pin downs all the time. It's a lot of dribble handoffs. You get Kolick or Joan going to a strong hand, especially Kolick where he can facilitate, get a guy average eight assists a game. This is a guy that understands what to be done to win games, right? He also has plays a massive confidence boost in his game. This is a guy that comes from the Middlesex Magic program where you, you really are taught how to play basketball at a high level without the need of constant sets. You understand how to play the game on and off the ball. You understand how to how to facilitate to your teammates. You understand how to use the team to win. That is something that Shocker Smart's team has done incredibly well this year at Marquette. And that's the reason why I think they're they're an incredibly dangerous team come tournament time. I mean, they're number six in the country right now. I think they frankly could be – I think they're better than a lot of the number one seeds right now because of their ability to score. Defensively, they are not a great defensive team. They have you – know, they, they can turn you over, though, which is one thing that they do, I think, pretty well. I mean, if you look at their, their – you know, the, the turnovers in terms of their defensive ability, right? Like, they're, they're a team that isn't going to, you know, stop you in terms of being able to – generate you know you know generate offense but the thing is they turn you over right tyler Kolick averages almost two steals a game right you look at other guys in their team cam jones averages 1.4 steals a game maxine prosper averages a steal a game Igodora averages a steal a game and a block and a half right so they can defend they're just not a great defensive team more because i think of their size you know Igodora Igodora is about six foot nine right so they don't have a ton of size but they are very fast, very quick, and they are very athletic. So they can disrupt you in passing lanes, get out in transition where I think their offense is excellent, right? Now let's shift over to another team. I think, you know, I, I think right now you, you have to look at the, the team that's the favorite right now in college basketball is Houston. I don't think it's close. Alabama had a major slip up this weekend against Texas A&M, where I think, frankly, it shows that when if Brandon Miller does not have it going offensively, Alabama does struggle. Alabama is a very isolation-driven basketball team. They're a team that lives heavily off of ball screens and being able to beat you off the bounce. Houston's a very continuity-based offensive team. They're one of the best offenses in the country. They're arguably one of the best offensive rebounding teams in the country. They've been that the last couple of years. Right? They're a team that's also top 10 defensively. 
right? And they have guys like Marcus Sasser averaging 16 points a game. You got Jarris Walker, who's about a 10 point game scorer, who's, who can, you know, score 20 points any night. You have Jaheed, uh, you have Shed as well. And the one thing I like about Shed is he can control the pace of the game, right? He's a guy that in the NCAA tournament proved to be a guy who could score points and get buckets for you. But he is a guy that has proven to me the ability to stabilize an offense, right? You have Tremont Mark, who's a very athletic wing, can shoot the three, can attack you off the bounce, you know, especially going his strong hand. He's very good at that. And then you have Roberts, right? Roberts from St. Uh, St. Thomas, Virgin Islands. He's the guy that is the glue. He is the glue for this team in terms of his ability to rebound, his ability to finish around the basket, his ability to defend, right? Their, their team can, has the ability to switch one through five. They're very physical. They're very good on the glass. And Kelvin Stamson has established a culture where this team is going to be in a position where I think they can win a national championship, right? Now, they do have flaws. I think that at times they can get a little stagnant offensively. Assassin doesn't have it going. He's not the most efficient scorer. Right, he's a guy that shoots very well from three, but overall for the floor, he's not a great, um, has not doesn't have a great percentage because he primarily shoots a lot of threes, right? But so that's a lot of times when you see inefficient shooting percentages that primarily goes to that. And I think offensively, a lot of times too, they rely so heavily, I think, on their offensive rebounding, which I think can hurt them because if you can't generate just easy buckets, that can hurt you, right? In the Memphis game, they scored sixty-seven points, but you know, again. They sometimes have a you know a, you know a tendency to to stall a little bit offensively. You look at their game against Alabama; it's a perfect example, right? They stalled. You look at you know and Alabama was able to beat them, right? Because of the, of the fact that Houston's offense stalled a whole lot in that game. Now they've improved a lot since then, but they don't play in the strongest conference, right? So from that standpoint, that can be a little bit of a problem. But I do think that they have the ingredients to be a national championship team, and I think as of right now, they have looked the most consistent. Um, you know, going through the rankings, going through teams now, in my opinion, that have, I think, generated a lot. The, 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 well, the one team I think that needs to be talked about a lot, too, is UCLA, right? UCLA is a team that just beat Arizona last night. Uh, they they proved to me, I think, something that I think they have an issue with, which is their offense. They They, they really scored the ball at a high level last night. And it all goes back to what can Tiger Campbell produce on the offensive end, right? Jame Jaquez is a 17 and a half point a game score. Everyone knows what you're getting from Jame Jaquez because he's a guy that's very versatile, right? He can shoot the three. He has a pull-up. You can put him in ISO situations, which they tend to do a lot. They don't run, they don't, they have shot clocks. They don't run a whole lot of ball screens. It's usually kind of get it to Jame Jaquez, let him create, be able from the top of the key, get it to his pull-up, go right or left, kind of drive guys in. He's very good in the post. Has a really good fadeaway, good touch, right? We all know what we're going to get from that guy. He's a fantastic All-American type of player. But their key is how well are they going to shoot from three, right? Single, single, uh, singleton and Tiger Campbell and guys like Jalen Clark, who's been in, you know inconsistent offensively. Those guys need to be able to hit shots. Amari Bailey, right? Last night, they did that, right? Now, look, Arizona did have a very good offensive game. Azulis Tubelis, who's one of the best bigs in the country, did have 26 points and 12 rebounds. But their ability to score last night was a good sign because against Colorado, they struggled a lot. But UCLA is a team, from a defensive standpoint, that can hang with anybody in the country. But if they can get consistent contribution outside of Jame Jaquez, this team is really dangerous. And I think they can, right? They, they have shown the ability. But it all comes down to matchups for them. I think they're a tough team to match up with because 
Adembona, Etienne, those guys are very good at rebounding the basketball and being present on, def- on the defensive side of the basketball. They're really good screen setters, good rollers, right? But the problem is the, the rest of their guys are very versatile, right? It's very difficult to guard UCLA because Jalen Clark can shoot a three and attack you off the dribble. Jame Hawkins can attack you off. From, he can all score from all three levels, right? You can get small guys in the post. He's very good at that, right? Tiger Campbell's really good with his floater and that little push shot in the lane off ball screens, right? He's, he's undersized, but he knows how to, how to get to his spots. He's got a very good pull-up as well, you know, coming off ball screens, especially when teams are running drop coverage when you're able to get those, right? I think this is a team that – this is, I think, Mick Cronin's best chance to win a national championship this season, right? So those three teams right from the, the jump, I look at from an overall standpoint of high-ranked teams that I think can be very dangerous in March and, and I think can live up to the example of being a team that teams that can compete in the Final Four. Now, with that being said, a team that has been playing really good basketball recently that's not getting talked about quite enough. Now, they're a bubble team. I, you know, Who knows if they get in, but they could be a very scary team when they get in, is West Virginia. And nobody's talking about West Virginia because, again – They've, they've kind of been inconsistent all year. They're a bubble team. I think they've gotten some great wins recently, right? Obviously, you have to look at Eric Stevenson, I think, his emergence. This has been his best season of college basketball. And the reason I look at West Virginia as a dangerous team is based on what they showed me against Kansas, right? This is a team that you look at their team overall. You know, they have – they're the best offensive rebounding team in the Big 12 because they got – Trey Mitchell, they got Emmett Matthews, they got Joseph Bell, they got good size, right? On the on the on the front court, they got great size, right? Their their thing is like, look, they've had some interesting losses, but I mean, look, they lost to, lost to Purdue, they've lost to Xavier, they've lost to Kansas State, they lost to Kansas, they lost to Baylor, you know, they've lost to Texas, TCU, but they've also beaten those teams as well. They beat TCU, they've beaten Kansas State, um, they, they you know they they. They've been, they were, you know, but recently, the reason why I'm looking at them is they've, they're a team that, that can be incredibly dangerous if they get in the tournament, right? Yes, I know they're 7-11 in conference. I know they're 18-13 overall. I know they're a bubble team. But their ability to rebound the basketball, their ability to, if Eric Stevenson gets hot, they are a big athletic team. And Bobby Huggins is the guy who knows how to make adjustments in the NCAA tournament. Right. He's a Hall of Fame coach for a reason. And the reason why I say they could be really dangerous is because of their ability to score the basketball. Another team that could be incredibly dangerous if they were to get in the NCAA tournament. Well, not so get in because they're already probably in, but a team that could make a lot of noise is the Duke Blue Devils. I think they're one, they've been playing the best out of any team right now in the country the last month or so. They're top 10 in defense the last month. They just beat North Carolina the other day. Um, and, and 62 to 57 led by Kyle Filipowski's 22 and 13. So w- West Virginia is a bubble team that I think could be really scary if they got in because of the, the conference they put in because I think of their offensive talent and their ability to be in close games. And I think be able to pull them out. Now I do think Duke is incredibly dangerous. And, and this is where I'm going to end my segment on Duke is going to be incredibly dangerous because I think they are incredibly versatile. They are a tough team to match up with because you have, Tyrese Proctor, big guard, knows how to use ball screens, knows how to get in the lane and finish. He's got good touch around the rim. He's got good size, right? You think about that. You think about Derek Lively's ability to protect the rim and be a really active presence on the glass and on lobs, right? That There's that element. 
You have Ryan Young as a center who's a backup center who's really smart, cerebral, good rebounder, hustle guy. What makes Duke dangerous is if Tariq Whitehead can be consistent, but they're two-headed monster in Jeremy Roach and Kyle Filipowski. Kyle Filipowski is a very versatile seven-foot-one four-man, can shoot the three. I know he's only shooting 28% from the three this year, but he can hit timely threes. He's really good in the post, gets the free-for-all line where he shoots 78%. He's a guy who you can trust. As a freshman, he has proven a lot. He's the most double-doubles out of any freshman in the country. John Shire's done an excellent job. They're 22 and 8, 14 and 6 in conference. They get a double bye. This team could be a really dangerous team. If they were to have to be a seventh seed, they could be a really dangerous team for some of those two seeds out there because they match up well with a lot of teams in the country, right? You look at, let's say they play Arizona. They match up very well with Arizona, right? Arizona likes to go with the two headed big man monster lineup with a lot of good guards surrounding them and, Hen- and Henderson, Kirikritsa, and Courtney Rainey. I like Duke's ability to match up with a team like that, right? I, I think Duke matches up well with teams that want to go smaller because Filipowski can switch. Derek Lively's athletic enough where he could potentially switch ball screens, right? They match up well. And I think that's what's scary about Duke is the fact that they're playing their best basketball at the right time of the year. They're starting to gel and figure out how to play as a team. From that standpoint, you have to give them that credit. And that's what's going to make them really dangerous, I think, come tournament time because they have them gelling at the right point and they've been battle tested. They have played a difficult schedule. John Shire also has head coach, has assistant coaching experience on uh, national championship teams and NCAA tournament teams that just went to the Final Four a year ago. That's going to help a lot for a young team that has a lot of potential to be a really good team in the NCAA tournament. So though, that's my college basketball analysis. You know, the, what, 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 what's going to be exciting about the end of the season for me is where do teams like Villanova, does Villanova win the conference tournament in the Big East, right? You look at the Big 12. How does the Big 12 shape up, right? You look at the Big Ten. Can Purdue defend that title, or does the slippages they've had the last you know week? You know they won two straight. Does that rear its head in in the Big Ten tournament? Right. You look at teams like the in the SEC. Right. Who really is going to dominate the SEC? It's been a little down right this year. Tennessee's been really inconsistent. Kentucky's been really inconsistent. Right. You look at Texas A&M, who's been excellent this year, but how do they fare? Does Alabama do they kind of get their mojo back? Right. You, 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 the, the, all those questions need to be answered. In the ACC. Right. How do teams like Pitt fare? How, how does Clemson make a run? And you know they're you know on the bubble. Do they make a run? Right? How does Duke fare in, in, in this kind of environment? Right? How, is Virginia going to get their act together from an offensive standpoint? Right? All these are questions that need to be answered as these conference tournaments hit the ground running this upcoming week and weekend. So th- that's my analysis for today. As always, make sure to subscribe to today's episode on YouTube. And also make sure to subscribe to us on on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. I should have another episode coming out hopefully within the next week or so where I'll be starting to interview athletes from Amherst again. If not, it'll be a lot of college basketball analysis. So stay tuned for that. And I hope you guys have a good rest of your day. And see you guys shortly in a few days for hopefully for another episode. Every day feels like another broken memory Drinking beer with my coffee, eating breakfast For lunch, stuck on your morning day